0: hi guys welcome back to another episode of skincare anarchy this is ekta and i am super excited about my guest today I mean, her line is truly phenomenal. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Amy Gordonier. Uh, welcome, Amy. Uh, she's the founder of SkinFix. So I'm so, so excited. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of SkinFix.
1: So uh, hi, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Ekta. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on Skincare Anarchy. Oh my gosh. It is truly
0: my honor. Your products are phenomenal, you know, Amy, I, I can't tell you how how happy I am to see a line that really genuinely works for like so many like skin issues, right? So I'm not gonna rant. I want you to get started and I want you to tell us all about your background and your beauty journey and how you got to the place where you wanted to create skin fix.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> beauty journey started probably when I was a little girl because my father actually worked in the manufacturing facility for Estee Lauder back in the 1970s when I was a little girl. And he used to come home and I would be so fascinated by all his lotions and potions. And he would take me to the factory and, you know, watch the lipsticks being molded. And I was just totally captivated. And then after I graduated, I was a religion major in university. So (laughs) what was I going to do with that major Uh, comparative religion? So I went to New York and started applying for jobs in beauty. Cause why not? Beauty's such a fun space and was yeah. really, really lucky to get a job with L'Oreal. Um, wow. which I'm sure, you know, is sort of like beauty boot camp. Um, I'm sure you've heard it's a, it's a really rigorous place to cut. Cook-
0: yeah. I've I've heard that whoever comes out of L'Oreal, like they really know their stuff at the end of all that. So that is what I know.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, at 22 years old, they sit you in conference rooms with, you know, senior people and you're, you're expected to contribute and you just listen and you learn and you absorb so much and they teach you how to run a P&L and how to do, you know, advertising and how to create product and how to manage cost of goods. I mean, it's, it's unreal. So I was there for close to five years and then, they kicked me out to get my MBA. They said, okay, you know, you've got enough experience, but you really need some more finance and statistics experience. And then yeah. I started, um, I came back and worked for Cody for a couple of years and then eventually um, went to the UK. I wanted to live abroad and had an amazing experience working for Joe Malone right after. Oh
0: my gosh, Joe Malone is, I'm sorry. I just totally had a moment. It is I mean, my
1: favorite perfume
0: perfume brand I mean concept I just I'm yeah I, I'm obsessed but yeah go ahead
1: <laughs> Really? no she no absolutely you have to have a moment over Jo Malone I mean yeah she created indie fragrance I mean she was the first and yeah, she she's like crazy things that you would never think to put in fragrance like lime basil mandarin and nutmeg and ginger she started the whole indie fragrance revolution she's a yeah. genius she's also just a really amazing mentor and and woman. And she was an esthetician by training actually. So um, I learned a lot about skincare from Joe. Funnily enough, we had skincare in her stores in London and she still gave facials back uh, when, when I worked with her, but worked with her for about uh, almost five years. And um, then I got pregnant with my first baby uh, 17 years ago, moved to Eastern Canada where my husband is from. And yeah, I thought, well, that's it. I've left beauty behind. And after living here and I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years. And then I met a woman who had this incredible healing balm formula that her great-great-grandfather had created in Yorkshire, England in
0: 1870.
1: Wow. Yeah. Sort of like a keel story. You know, it was like, that's so cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And the formula was an anhydrous balm it's still in our line it's our eczema targeted body balm but it um, it was loaded with active pharmaceutical ingredients and you know having worked for the big beauty companies i was used to sort of picking one active and building a story around it and this thing was just loaded with actives but over the decades the family had emigrated to canada in the early 1900s they'd been making it at home and they had literally collected acta like hundreds of letters from people who had tried everything seen doctors all kinds of modalities to treat really serious skin stuff like diabetic foot ulcers and psoriasis and eczema and they found this little bomb from 1870 and it had worked to treat (sighs) skin issues and that's that is
0: the coolest story in the world dude seriously like i'm just like imagining like this old apothecary and like just this oh my gosh that's so cool that's so cool
1: it was, it was amazing. And, you know, the idea that a clean product that was created in 1870 could yeah. truly be medically efficacious, like not just, you know, being a nice skincare product, but truly be as effective as an OTC or even a prescription yeah. that just turned my crank. I was like, okay, you know, I believe, I believe it can be as effective as, as a prescription. And that yeah. was the genesis of SkinFix.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. And I, you know, I just want to take a minute to talk about what you just said because that's so hitting the nail on the head is that it you know, over the counter stuff like when I look at skincare genuinely one of my biggest um you know, like intriguing points of this industry is that these are like new options in you know, medical health. Like medical, you know, just overall right? Skin health, uh, body health. And nobody wants to talk about that because there's so much research that can come from these products that you guys are creating. You know, your your line is phenomenal. I mean, you've got so many products that work for not only people who want just normal skincare, you've got products that work for people who are actually having skin pathologies. You know what I mean? And they might not be able to afford a dermatologist or, you know, so anyways, rant over, but yeah, continue. I just want, I just think that's amazing. You know, I I think it's amazing.
1: I love that you rant about that because it's, it's honestly what gets us up every morning at SkinFix is this idea that, you know, active natural ingredients, active clean ingredients can be truly effective. And, you know, one of the things that we did early days is I took the original balm to a dermatologist and I asked her what she thought of it. And she said, you know, I love the ingredients. I love the fact it has no fragrance, no essential oils, and it's treating all of these um, sort of symptoms of eczema. But I will never recommend it without some sort of clinical validity. And so she and I did our first clinical together in her office with 10 patients that had moderate to severe eczema. And then we went on to do a second study and compared the balm to a 1% steroid cream, which is what she would prescribe normally over the counter. And so that set us on our journey of really clinically proving that our products work. Because if you're going to treat a medical skin issue and you're going to, have the medical community back you up, you really need to prove it with science. And I think we were of really ahead of, our, ahead of our time with that in terms of, you know, I don't, I still don't think to this day, there are any clean brands at Sephora that have the clinical efficacy we have. Who I know there aren't, and certainly not. We've got five studies that have been published in peer-reviewed journals and derms are actually prescribing products to treat rosacea and eczema. So it's wild. Wow kind of a revolution for clean. It's, it's really fun. I love that, you know what? It's not
0: just a revolution for clean, it's, it's a revolution for uh, fixing the word clean you know what I mean? Like, it's, I think you guys are literally doing everything that I wish every clean brand would do, which is just focus on the science of it all. And, you know, that's amazing what you just said. And I love that you brought up the peer reviewed journals, because for me, the biggest hot point right now, in terms of the medical aspect of skin health is that there seems to be a disconnect between dermatologists and medical practitioners, and the PhDs and the real, you know, the minds behind the innovations that lead to medical discovery, right? so like there's this disconnect between academia and clinical medicine. And that's why I see a lot of germs saying things like, well, you know, I can't, we don't believe in skincare. We don't, be- well, you should believe in research then. You know what I mean? So this yeah. is my point is what you're doing is working and that is truly the heart of medical discovery. So that's why I think skincare is much more important than it's being, you know, given credit for.
1: I totally agree. I think as we move forward, there are going to be so many topical medications. I mean, there are so many things that can be delivered as effectively, if not more effectively topically. I mean, you look at things like uh, magnesium, which I take topically at night. I, you know, I use a a magnesium spray at night and it works for me a lot better than taking a pill. So I think you're absolutely right. There's going to be um, even more research done in, in topicals and in in the same vein, there are a lot of topicals that are not, in my opinion, formulated um, the right way. And this idea of leaning in and putting as much of an active into a product as physically possible—you know, it's 20% niacinamide and all of this craziness that's going on right now—that's also problematic because yeah. your skin is a porous organ and and it it does get into the bloodstream. So it's you know it's this. Fine balance of really understanding that topicals can be super effective, but also that topicals need to be carefully formulated, you know, and appropriately. Absolutely. Done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, you know, I think there's definitely so much merit in everything you said, because that's the main argument is that, you know, skincare, people are using it, and they're overusing it. And these are very, very strong products, and it's causing damage more than anything. But again, like you said, it it truly is a game of science mixed with, you know, discovery, you have to, (laughs) you have to think outside of the box. So anyways, I want to dive into your products, because I would love to hear how you came up with the first product, and the, you know, just the whole journey of the brand. Because I mean, truly, you've. I feel like every product you guys have come out with is just like, like you know, it's almost revolutionary in oh. the space. So, yeah, I, I want to start from the beginning.
1: <laughs> well, that makes me very happy to hear because that's what we endeavor to do. You know, we don't launch something if it's a me too. If it's something that already exists and somebody else has done it well and it's in a clean way, we don't. We don't go there. We don't, that's why we haven't done sunscreen, and um, that's why we don't do retinol. Um, yep. Because there's a lot of those on the market that we think are great, so we try to find white space in areas where people need products to treat conditions and there aren't solutions, and that's where we play. Um, the very first product, so the balm, was the original SKU, and that still exists in the line, targeted body balm, which is a really targeted treatment for eczema. Think about a sort of clean alternative to hydrocortisone or steroid. And then, yeah, as we were working with the dermatologists, I sort of solicited their thoughts on what. Do you need you know what's the sort of next product that you really need to treat eczema because eczema was our first focus and they said a lot of derms said you know eczema affects 77 um, percent of people that have eczema have it on their hands and the hands are really exposed and there yeah. are no good hand creams. There are no creams that have the proper combination of humectants, emollients, and occlusives that have no fragrance, no essential oil. That is super important when you're treating skin issues. I don't believe in them in topicals anyway, but certainly not with the damaged skin barrier. And then, you know, has the proper actives to treat a condition like eczema. So hand repair cream was the first product that I created uh, on my own with our chemist. And um, again, based on the recommendation of the derms and we sort of carried on with that philosophy. We, we learned a lot from the dermatologist community about where the pain points were, where they needed products that their patients would use. One of the issues in dermatology is getting patients to be compliant. You know, if it's a sort of yeah. drugstore product that doesn't smell very nice and doesn't look very nice, they're not gonna use it. So to have a right. beautiful beauty award-winning product that actually is also helping to, you know, treat severe acute symptoms of eczema or rosacea or KP is, is really kind of the sweet spot for them. So we just followed their lead. We built out a whole complement of products for eczema. Then we tackled rosacea, which is a big pain point for them. Um, and then we ended up moving on to KP keratosis polaris, which affects 80% of us at some point in our lives. It's those little red bumps behind our arms, the backs of our legs. Yeah,
0: I have those. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Very, very common Um, and there aren't a lot of good sort of over-the-counter, certainly not clean uh, products to treat KP appropriately because again, a lot of of sal acid lotions are loaded with sal acid and um, KP is actually closer to eczema than it is to acne. It's about, it's a dry skin issue. So it's really important to have a lot of emollients and enough chemical exfoliants to unclog the hair follicle, but not too much, which can be irritating. So it's about the balance. So, and then what we discovered was that every condition that we were tackling, um, it, there was a common thread. It all went back to some deficiency in the skin barrier and specifically in the lipids and the skin barrier. So eczema is a deficiency of ceramides, rosacea is a deficiency of fatty acids. And yeah. so then we we sort of got fascinated with this idea of barrier p- health and barrier repair, and how do we create a healthier skin barrier so that People are less prone to have these conditions in the first place. And that's where we came up with our barrier line, which is our best. Wow.
0: You know, I'm just sitting here and I'm really, really like, enjoying that you are so deeply rooted in science and you know what one thing that's crossing my mind is that you know when I recently did a I published a review on aquaporins, and I found that there are certain aquaporins that are upregulated in the skin um, barrier which is you know interesting when you look at like burn wound patients right because for burn wound patients you need to apply something topical it ha- everything is topical right so when I think about what you're doing and when I think about you know, the steps you're taking, I'm in my head, I'm like, well, this could be another step towards that, figuring out how to help with that and the cascades that are, you know, contributing to things that are really affecting these patients. So that's, you know, my, again, my point is like, you know, you're, I feel like what you're doing is a better option in a lot of ways than going to a dermatologist and getting a prescription cream, because let's be honest, you know, being in the medical field and on being a person, I guess on earth, you were not, you know, Devoid of the idea that pharmaceutical companies don't really create things that are like, you know, optimal. It's not like we're getting the best of the best we're getting what's going to sell, and we're getting what's gonna, you know, keep consumers coming back and not consumers but patients coming back and, you know, feeding the system so it's a very, you know what I mean? It's like a very, very deep and multi-layered, like reasoning why skincare and these kind of options, over-the-counter options, are just so vital right now in medical. Oh, health, I you do
1: know? so agree with you. There was a yeah. derm conference that we were at in I think 2018, where <laughs> there was a derm that got up to to talk about a new product launch from one of the big pharma companies that was a topical to treat eczema, and it had a lot of what I would call dirty ingredients in it. Things that, you know, were not necessary to be in the product. In my opinion, it's just laziness, right? Cause there are better yeah. alternatives. And then one of the ingredients in this product was propylene glycol. And every year the American association of dermatology picks a allergen of the year, yeah. you know, kind of ingredient that year was propylene glycol. So I'm thinking, you know, you're up here presenting this new product and yet propylene glycol is the allergen of the year. It's all. Yeah. Presented. Yeah. How is that possible? You know, it's not that hard. You know, to no, I completely agree. And you know, that's the thing. It's it's
0: just like people don't understand. And you know, there's a lot of medical practitioners that are pushing and involved in the pharmaceutical realm of it all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, it's yeah. seeing it up close. There's a lot of times where pharmaceutical options are just not the most optimal for our overall well-being period. No. I mean, why is it that an antidepressant side effect is suicide, you know, suicidal tendencies? I mean, think about that, right?
1: Like hundred yeah. percent. I do think, you know, that the, a lot of the younger germs, because clean has sort of become a movement now and has been, you know, a decade old, I do find a lot of the younger residents coming up and and all all of the derms we work with really are sort of starting to really dig into ingredients and understand them more and really, um, wrap their arms around the science of clean and definitely want to see better, um, choices made by topical, um, company formula, you know, topical formulators. So I do think that it's changing and I think it's changing for the best, um, yeah, no,
0: I agree. I agree yeah. with that. I think you're absolutely right. It's good. We are going in the upward direction. You know what I mean? It's an upward tra- trajectory. I, I definitely agree. But I want to actually, I want to spend some time talking about your products because I know they're very, very, um, you know, just coveted products in the industry. I know you've received multiple awards, you know, and Allure, um, basically you have so many products that have uh, won the Allure Award and, you know, just so much more. So I want to talk about, the success and, you know, how it really came about for the company. Was it like immediately your consumers were just there and they stayed committed or how, how was that process for you? Like from the business perspective?
1: That's such a good question, Ekta. I mean, it definitely wasn't the hockey stick, you know, it wasn't drunk elephant, you know, it cosmetics, glacier straight up trajectory. I think that's the, that's the exception. Yeah. City. Um, you know, I often will will mention Supergoop because that brand has been around, I think, seventeen or eighteen years, and it's really just like been on fire in the last five. But often, yeah. when you enter white space, like we did, um, there was nobody really. I mean, clean was just sort of happening. There was nobody doing anything clinically validated and clean. There still really isn't, frankly. Um, seven yeah. years later, we're still really the only ones that have true clinical efficacy. But it was a little bit. Um, You know, it was hard to break through initially when consumers did find us, they did love us and they stuck with us. We do have a lot of brand loyalty um, because we're tackling and treating skin issues. I think, you know, there was just, it took a number of years to really educate and for the consumer to kind of get there and really appreciate what we were doing. But in the last two years, and specifically since launching exclusively with Sephora in April, 2019, we've really just exploded. And I think wow. just timing, you know, and then it was just this move really back towards clinical efficacy in skincare. Um, it's, it's, it's back and it's important and consumers know the difference between quantitative studies and consumer perception studies. They know a lot about ingredients. My 17 year old daughter is just very um, you know, well-educated and um, yeah. articulate about ingredients. Well, and-
0: intelligent women raise intelligent women. So, <laughs> well, so
1: she learned yeah. a lot from, you know, from TikTok and from mm. YouTube and, you know, it's, it's wonderful. So mm. yeah, I think in the last two years, it's been much more of a hockey stick and much more of an upward trajectory. And it's been really exciting and it's just so rewarding to see that we are reaching people. We're helping people, you know, the testimonials that we get are tearjerkers because yeah. they such a psychological component to skin issues, as I'm sure, you know, and, um, people definitely, I mean, and, and all on all dermatologists, uh, der- can't even speak tonight on all clinical studies in dermatology there's always a factor for quality of life and there's there're questions about depression and anxiety and sleeplessness and because it plays a part in skin issues and so when we help someone and we give them back their sense of well-being their sense of physical comfort there's a there's an emotional and psychological component to that as well which is really really rewarding
0: well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I can completely, completely, you know, vibe with that. I know exactly what that must feel like, but it, you know, one thing I want to say though, is your brand. One thing I've loved is that, you know, you found a way to connect with your consumer that I haven't really seen before, because I remember um, I'm a huge fan of your body cream and it's, it's just been a game changer for me. Um, the big tub of it, you know, and I use it every single day. And For me, what really drew me in is that on the very front of the packaging, underneath, you have a little, you know, two sentence little thing explaining the role of ceramides in our skin and explaining, like, you know what I mean? Like, you've put this logic out there for consumers to look at and say, you know what? I kind of want to go look up what ceramides are. You know, like, I want to, if somebody's not educated, it's like you've, I feel like you guys are giving them that little, you know, hey, here's the hint, you know, go look this up and and see exactly why what we're saying is true, you know, and I, I really like that as a consumer, so
1: well, <laughs> I thought I'm I'd share that with you. So glad you, I mean, we've been sort of quote unquote transparent from the beginning in terms of we list each active ingredient that is at a clinically active level and the percent, and we explain what it is, and that again comes from our heritage of working with dermatologists who need to know. They need to know, you know, if there's something like BHA and somebody could have a sensitivity, they need to know it's in there and they need to know that it's active and it's at a high enough percent that it could cause an issue or that it's highly effective. You know, it's kind of a two-way street. It can, you know, in in most cases we're listing it so that people know, Hey, this is at a clinically active level. It's actually going to do something, but for Mm -hmm. people that have sensitivities, it's important as well. So I I'm so happy that you appreciate that. And it's funny because we you know, for years just thought, oh, our language is really sciency. You know, we use words, like parenting and desquamation, and people must think we're such nerds or, or just, but I think people are starting to really appreciate it and love it and want to know, you know, what, yeah what the mode of action is of all of these ingredients. So. Yeah. And,
0: and, you know, and that, and that's the thing, you know, I think people who genuinely take their skin health seriously are going to be consumers that go out and do the research. And I think that if brands can promote that, you know, self, like self-discovery and what we need as consumers, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a beautiful thing. So yeah, I love that you guys did that. I want to actually ask you, um, you know, in terms of just the company overall, like you know, what has been one of the biggest things that's been a catalyst in your growth? Is it like influencer marketing? Is it, you know, what what really um, did you see was like, you know, a huge impact in how you reached people, like accessibility, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, two two things really stand out for me as the game changers. One is Sephora. Yeah, they are just the most amazing retail partners. On the planet, our uh, head merchant, Sam Liu, is just so smart. She knows her stuff and they are consultants and they have been incredibly helpful to us. And their beauty advisors in store are really second to none. I mean, they just, they're so educated. They're passionate. We have so much access to train them and give them information. And they've become just you know advocates for the brand and, and influencers in their own right. So Sephora just as a, as an organization has been a total game changer for us. And then Hiram Yarbrough skincare by Hiram. God bless. I adore him. He's just, he's been a total game changer. Um, I had lunch with him uh, almost two years ago. Now I went to Hawaii on vacation with my family and my daughter and I had lunch with him and it was before he was on TikTok, and he was sort of just on Instagram and, you know, he was obviously big and influential, but not as big as he is today and yeah, probably wouldn't have lunch with me again today, but we had lunch and he just was lovely. And we didn't really talk about skin fix. I asked him a lot of questions actually about sunscreen and Korean sunscreens. And, um, <laughs> we had a really good chat. I gave him a bag of product and he fell in love with a few of our products and just started talking about us and ultimately put us in his best of skincare, 2020 roundup and his two of his five, Favorite moisturizers for 2020 were skin fix moisturizers. And that just wow. absolutely catapulted us. Um, He is, you know, he is incredibly uh, powerful in that regard. I mean, his followers love him and, and trust him, right. I think, first and foremost. And he's just he's so smart and so informed and so fair. And if he doesn't like something, he's going to say it. And we're just really incredibly blessed that our ethos aligned with his and then he loves some of our products and I think that's just given us such momentum that other influencers started to pay attention and it just kind of rolls from there so those are the two really key factors Sephora I
0: love that you guys have truly had an organic growth you know and that's beautiful because I I remember when I was uh doing some like my influencer pictures you know my favorite skincare on my account, I remember skin fix would pop up and I'd be like very intrigued, you know, and I never really dug into later, but then I started seeing you guys everywhere, you know, all the people I was following, you know, they were posting about the, whatever product it was in the line that they loved. And I was like, wow, you know, and then I really looked at the brand and I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool stuff. So, you know, I think that influencers, like your growth has truly been organic and you're just a, you know, you're a favorite for social media and you're a favorite for just everyday consumers. So, you know very well deserved
1: (laughs) oh thank you and the derm community has really backed us as well and been really um authentic and organic and a lot of these derms we've worked with for years and um they've taken to social media and they've got really big followings now and and we just are very blessed that they talk about us often so it's given us a tremendous um amount of wind at our back which is which is exciting
0: So I have a question then, Amy, because I know that a lot of people struggle with like, you know, finding their skincare regimen. And I know a lot of dermatologists right now are promoting minimalism, you know, don't use too much, which I understand, you know, and I get I actually get behind. Um, in terms of, you know, just skin fix and finding the perfect routine for, you know, a consumer, how do you guys have something in place like on your website or something that can help people figure out what they need? Or is it just that whatever product they buy, it's for all skin types or, you know, how does, how is that system set up for the company? Yeah.
1: I mean, actually it's a really good, good question. We don't have a, any sort of um, system on our site now. We, we have wanted to for some time and it's definitely on the agenda. If not yeah. this year for 22, we've been sort of working on playing with and tinkering with a much more sort of comprehensive diagnostic tool, if you will. I mean, we're not dermatologists, but certainly asking enough questions about not just, you know, the typical, are you dry? Are you oily? Are you T-zone? Are you this? Yes. Yeah. More about- So way you're doing go. it right is
0: the real answer and she's we're working trying. on it in the right way. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're trying and we're learning yeah. from a lot of the, you know, of the other sort of D to C brands that are um, really about personalization. We're learning a lot of interesting things from them. And so we're building something that hopefully will launch probably 22 i would imagine but beyond that there's absolutely no such thing as a brand or a product that's that's good for all skin types i mean it doesn't exist in the world you know as any yeah. dermatologist will tell you and i'm sure you know i mean there are people that are allergic to water so somebody yeah. is going to react to everything in your product and so we always say first of all we really advocate patch testing especially if you're using actives and we really sort of try to promote this idea of be your own skincare expert be your own you know do your own sort of skincare research and it will take some trial and error we have a very liberal return policy We want people to find the right solution for them and to really listen to their skin. You know, your skin better than anyone and you know, what feels good. And you know, what looks good in terms of like the the response your skin is going to have to something we try to coach and guide about, you know, tingly is not a good thing. If something turns red, that's also not a good thing. You know, it's too active for your skin. It's causing damage to the barrier, but in the end of the day, we can't really prescribe a routine. We'll give recommendations, but we can't unequivocally say this is going to work for you. We just, we never will say that because we don't believe it's true. And we believe that that everybody is going to find their own ritual and, and it's going to change as they age. It's going to change with different seasons. It's going to change if they're traveling or under stress or eating badly or whatever it is. And you might have to tweak your routine, to adapt. I also am a big, big, big believer in diet as being.
0: Yes. Functional. I was actually one of my questions was for you. When are we going to see supplements from skin fix? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, we've looked at it and I think right now it's just a matter of priorities there are so many topical um, products that we still want to launch, but I'm a huge <laughs> follower of Dr. Mark Hyman and Dr. Oh. Cole and big believer in functional medicine. And I do, you know, we do often tell the BAs and Sephora stores, Halos, and it's often, you know, also connected to diet and there there are other factors. A topical isn't going to solve every problem by itself. So it's a, you know, ideally it's a holistic approach. I have teens that, you know, it doesn't always work. You know, I can tell them not to eat dairy and sugar all I want for their acne and they're not going to listen to me. So topical can be really helpful regardless, but it certainly is going to, you're going to get a better result if you're thinking about things holistically in my opinion. Right.
0: No, and that makes total sense and I completely 100% back up everything you said because genuinely, you know, I think skin health is emerging in realizing that it's a very multifactorial, you know, um approach that you have to have with your skin's um, you know, integrity and your skin's health and, you know, everything. So, I I think that that has to be like before we jump into like too many supplements i think there needs to still be a lot of data that's accumulated you know what i mean like just to understand like how it impacts skin but i would love to see you guys do that like supplements because i think you're one of the few lines that would like do it right
1: oh well thank <laughs> you we yeah, been- no. do the diligence because the supplement industry as i'm sure you know is the wild west and very unregulated and people yeah. are able to make outlandish claims and put all sorts of nonsense in their supplements. And so I struggle even as a consumer, you know, I really take the recommendations of Dr. Will Cole, Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Josh Axe. I really kind of follow their lead because they do the due diligence and the deep dive into supplements because there is a lot of misinformation and really sort of troubling things in the supplement space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know.
0: I know there's a very, very slippery slope for sure. You know, that's yeah. a, it's a hard, it's a hard area, but um, you know, I actually want to, I, I want to move to the, another question I had because um, I'm wondering how difficult it was to be eczema approved. You know, what is the process of that?
1: Yeah. Well, we go, we go at it from a number of routes. Uh, We work with an organization called the Derm Review Panel, and they're an organization of of dermatologists who will look at your ingredient listing without any sort of brand associated or brand name associated. So there's no bias and they'll vet your listing and they'll, um, you know, call out any uh, worrisome ingredients with respect to eczema. Uh, Hmm. So that's, well, actually they look at all of our products, but specifically with respect to the the, you know, eczema condition. And then we work also with the National Eczema Association. And, you know, we also do a lot of research and a lot of, um, we do a deep dive with with functional medical practitioners as well. I mean, they know a lot about eczema and they know a lot about what's going on with that skin concern. And so we kind of, and our chemists too, chemists, as you know, (laughs) They know yeah.
0: Chemists are really, yeah. The chemists and doctors have to be pretty much equals in this area, you know, because yeah, chemists are like the backbone. Of,
1: Absolutely. our yeah. chemists will often say to us, you know, we'd be looking at something, a concern and we'll pick some ingredients and bring them to him. And he'll say, no, this is really irritating. And I don't recommend you use it. And, you know, I've seen uh, reactions and responses. So again, it's like aggregating information from everywhere we can to try to distill it down and bring the best possible solution that's going to right. have the least potential to do harm. You know, we want to first do no harm and then second help, <laughs> but right. first do no harm is, you know, often, as you were saying earlier with some prescription products, it's often, you know, there's, there's ingredients in topicals that are causing problems. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you my own experience real
0: fast. Um, I actually, when I was before skincare anarchy, I was, you know, I've always been into skincare and all that stuff. And I've loved going to a dermatologist, but I had gone to a dermatologist in Florida and I got something um, topical because I wanted to make sure that I'm getting, you know, my retinoid from the doctor and all that stuff. Right. So I went in and he gave me two prescriptions that was one of the worst skin reactions I've ever had in my life. Oh. Like, I kid you not. My face looked literally like a tomato, like a, like a raisin tomato hybrid. Like it was the weirdest, oh. yeah, I mean, terrible. Like It was it's terrible. not funny at all. But yeah. I mean, no, it is. Visual. Oh, it is. La- please laugh because I was laughing at myself oh. and it was terrible laughing and crying at the same time. But yeah, no, so yeah. my point is I was traumatized by my experience of going to a well-researched dermatologist that was acclaimed in that, you know, in the state, like all that stuff. Right. So when I look at that and then I compare my results from skincare products that I trust and from founders that I trust, I am, as a consumer, more inclined to go this route. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I think that there's a huge, like, you know, we were talking about steroids earlier, right? Steroids are terrible for your skin. They thin your skin out. They cause all sorts of, you know, downstream effects because they cause this anti-inflammatory, you know, situation, which is going to blunt so many other responses in the body. So there's a huge, you know, slew of conditions and sequelae that come from, you know, just pharmaceutical options in medicine right now. So we can't use that as a benchmark at this point. We, I just, I mean, that's my opinion, but you know, we just can't. So we have to find new innovation thing. And I think that's where skincare comes in. And that's where products like yours come in. Um, and I, I want to ask you, you know, my, one, my last question for you is accessibility, because I know I've gotten a lot of feedback from dermatologists about how, you know, someone's come in, they've had a terrible reaction um, because of all the skincare they've been using. And so the, the dermatologist is frustrated at the industry. I want to ask you, in terms of accessibility, what were some things that you considered? Because I think those kind of patients are trying products that are just not formulated well. You know what I mean? So, like, um, can you tell us about
1: that? Do you mean accessibility to, to a dermatologist?
0: No. Yeah. To your line. So that like consumers are buying good products. You know what I mean? And instead of like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, price is a really important point for us and we, you know, we use really expensive, high quality, clean ingredients at really high concentrations and we do clinical validation. So we really should be a lot more expensive than we are. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of an issue for a number of years in terms of our profitability, because we weren't sort of, taking into consideration, oh, we're also doing a $100,000 study to support this. But it just, I felt a moral imperative to prove that the products worked, especially when you're dealing with people that have tried lots of things and spent lots of money and had lots of bad results. And I felt a moral imperative to do my utmost, to deliver a result and to at least prove that I could deliver a statistically significant result to you know 30 30 patients. So um, we've always kept our pricing as accessible as possible, you know, and we are one of the most accessibly priced brands at Sephora. I mean, you look at the ordinary and inky list, obviously they're a whole new, a whole new yeah, they're, yeah. a, a product and they don't do clinical testing because they don't have that sort of um, room in their margin. But we're sort of the next level up where we're, you know, we're hover around the, you know, the pricing of sort of a first aid beauty or a clinic, a very accessible entry-level price point. And we will always maintain that. And we do our utmost to deliver the best product for the most, uh, you know, efficient price possible. I mean, there are cases yeah. we're tackling some tough skin issues now that we've been looking at for years. And we're, we've come up with what we think is a really good solution for a line we're going to launch in 22. And It's going to be more expensive than we like, but then we also really don't want to skimp on the ingredients because we know it's going to work better than anything else in the market. And so, you know, there's certain instances where a product might be a little premium in its space. That's only when it's delivering something that nobody else is delivering and, and we just can't really afford to do it for less, but we do endeavor to be as accessible as possible. We do also some little kits, you know, our eczema kit is one of our best sellers because it gives someone an opportunity to try the eczema lineup and it has a full size of our dermatitis face balm in it. And, you know, it gives them a chance to just test and try um, and make sure it works for them or decide which product they want to, they want to invest in in terms of the, no,
0: I think your pricing is awesome. That's why I asked you that question because it's like, you know, you're really delivering a lot of product. I mean, I I was raving about body cream earlier and I, you know, looking at the size and the amount of cream I'm getting, like, you know, it's uh $67, right? How much is it? Like six, it's like 60 something. It's, it's very, very affordable. Like, because I've spent like hundreds, you know what I mean? On that size of a cream that doesn't do anything for me. I mean, it's,
1: yeah the body cream i think is 45 usd so okay even better 45 yeah
0: i was looking at another one but i mean honestly it's amazing and it's like you know i i can buy it and it's going to be with me for you know a few months at the very least and and that's well invested money so i love that and i love that you guys have kept your prices so realistic and you know i i really hope that dermatologists like if there's any dermatologists listening i really hope you'll consider um having skin fix in your in your office because this is really, really good skincare.
1: Well, thank you. We do yeah. have quite a few derms that sell the line and, and lots of derms that recommend it. And we, we really appreciate their support and we do our best to deliver products that their patients will not only want to use, but that'll work for them. And whether it's on their own or in adjunct with other prescription medications, because we know that prescriptions are also necessary at yeah. times, you know, and, and our products also won't contraindicate and are, you know, are also formulated to work well with, with prescriptions. Our barrier line is formulated to work well with chemical exfoliants and retinoids and, um, you know, vitamin Cs. And, and so we, we really, uh, really try to try to also manage that because we know people are going to use those things.
0: <laughs> right, Absolutely. Well, Amy, this has been such a pleasure um, learning all about, you know, skin fix and your journey. It's truly an honor to have met you and to have spoken to you. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Well, thank you. Akta. This was lovely. Really love your podcast. Skincare Anarchy is awesome. Great content <laughs> and appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you so much. And everyone listening, please go check out Skin Fix. We're going to tag them in the art, obviously. And I would love to hear your comments and feedback about the show, about the products that you love by SkinFix. Fix. Um, you know, leave us some comments some questions for Amy's team if you have them.
1: And yeah, we'll be back next time. Thank you so much.